Snorts, cups, cave parties. Everybody's in for giving back to those in need. We're going to Club 400. Club 400. We're going to Club 400. Club 400. We're going to Club 400 Radio. All right. In the Club 400 podcast is on the air live from Club 400 Chicago. Can I hear you guys out there? Well, a live crowd. Crazy. Our first ever event at Club 400, and we have a Hall of Famer here, one of my favorite guys of all time. Last time he came out to Club 400 was 2016 for our good friend Josh Passfield, and we raised, I believe it was either 16-5 or 17-5. One of my favorite players of all time. Let's give it up for Hall of Famer Andre Dawson. Andre, thank you so much for coming out to Club for Heart Chicago on a Friday night. We are so happy to see you. And uh, first of all, I mean, Cubs kind of shocked us this year. Huh? What did you think of this team? They, uh, they, they, they're going to the last day of the season. Well, they started out very promising. And they strongly believed in the talent that they had out on the field. Uh, the starting pitching was going to be a big plus and positive for them. The bullpen... Uh, they did some patchwork and improved that. And they got some very talented young ball players. So it was a combination of a pretty good mix, blend uh, of athleticism here uh, at the big league level. And they held their own. They held their own for the most part. Well, the last three weeks haven't been too pretty, but uh, they found themselves in a, in a pennant race and now fighting for a wild card, three games left in the season. Uh, they need a little help, but uh, to sum it all up, they've had a wonderful season, but I think uh, they built up the hopes for most of us to to really make it the postseason play. Any chance you could suit up the last three days? Uh, that, that's not going to look pretty. <laughs> no. Uh, no, no, no. I just, you know, watch from a distance. I work for the organization now, so I have Marquee at home uh, in Miami down in Florida. So I get the opportunity to watch every game. That's excellent. Now, you're not here tonight just representing the Cubs, but there's a new product out on the market that we wanted to talk about. Not super new, but new, right? Newish? Fairly new. Um, and when I think about it, I'm not even a drinker. But <laughs> at, at one point, uh, I wanted to have a wine. And I have dabbled a little bit with a wine, but it's you don't really consider it wine because it's Moscato. But I, um, you know, I was approached uh, about a project, and that was uh, with the Cooperstown Distillery and uh, producing a, a bourbon. And I understand that stuff is pretty strong, uh, you know, and, and there's a certain way that you have to really drink it. But, no, I was very excited about it uh, to actually be able to have my name uh, on the bottle. Uh, to, I like the packaging. Uh, it's that of a glass baseball. And I uh, seem to be an, an attractive 
uh, a unique, different item. I, I like to think of it as being probably a collector's item uh, because usually when people buy it, that's probably the first thing they want to do, especially if, if, if it's a limited edition item. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm grateful that at least I did do that and I, I, I you know, didn't do the wine thing, but this is even better. Yeah, and I did have to teach my uh, co-host that it's actually a sipping drink, not something that you slam. So <laughs> that would be Stu. Yeah, <laughs> it's a sipper. Have you tried it, Stu? I tried it. I'm, not, I, you know, I, uh, I think it's excellent, actually. And and, and we have uh, uh, Steve Rogers here from the Bre Cooperstown Distillery Brewery today. Steve, uh, we'll bring on Steve in a little bit. He's uh they brought a whole bunch of bourbons here tonight, William. Have you tried some of these bourbons? They're I've unbelievable. Had two of four so oh, far. You need to have all four. Oh, I will. Oh, I. Oh, <laughs> I wanted to get through this first. <laughs> Salsa King of Chicago is a proud sponsor of the Iowa Cubs. You can pick up Salsa King of Chicago salsa at all Jewel Osco and Illinois Fresh Time Market stores. You can also enjoy the Salsa King of Chicago salsa during all Iowa Cup games. At Principal Park, Salsa King of Chicago. Salsa so fresh, it's like you made it yourself. Andre, I wanted to talk to you about, like, one of the things, like, one of my favorite pieces, uh, everybody asks, asks me about this, and this is one thing I did want to talk about before we really talk about the, the bourbon, uh, the Andre Dawson bourbon, but uh, I, one of my favorite pieces in Club Forum, people ask me what, you know, your favorite piece is. One of my favorite pieces is uh, a piece that, Andre, you did with Fanatics, and it was the blank contract piece where you actually wrote out the whole entire story of the blank contract. And I, I said earlier before we started recording tonight, it's one of the things I love about uh, Andre Dawson is that uh, if you don't know the story, I'll let Ta Andre tell a little bit. But Andre, you know, put it, you know, pretty much basically said, Here's a contract. You guys tell me what you want to play me. They went out and won the MVP. Can you tell us a little bit about the background of that story, Andre, real quick? Because I think it's one of the greatest stories in baseball. I really do. Like, no one's ever going to do that ever again. That's the first time it's ever happened, and it'll be the last time it ever happened. Well, it'll take a little bit more than a minute. Uh, <laughs> when I think about, you know, that particular year, it was my 10th and final season with Montreal, my first uh first opportunity at testing the free agent market. Uh, my contract was up and uh, I was confronted with the whole collusion process, uh, which meant that a player wasn't going to be negotiating uh, with uh, another organization. You were being forced to resign with your own ball clubs. And that kind of gave them a little bit leverage when it came time to negotiate because they can pretty much offer me what they felt they wanted to pay me. But I saw it a little bit different because I felt that uh, I had leverage also as a free agent. And then if they were going to offer me a cut and paid, and it was pretty much a situation where the writing seemed to be on the wall and it was time for me to move on. So I went into the off season, uh, not really having a contract the following year and uh, no one was talking to me. I, I uh, reached out to my agent and I said, well, uh, what do you think? And he said, uh, well, there's, there's offers from Japan and they're willing to pay you more money uh, than you would probably make here in the States if you had to go back to Montreal. And I confronted my wife. I said, there's a chance I may go to Japan 
And she looked at me. She said, the Japan? I said, yes. She said, well, I'll see you when you get back. <laughs> so I, I, I pretty much knew, well, that wasn't going to work. So I flew out to California, Southern California, and we sat down. We kind of put our thinking caps on and tried to be a little bit creative. And I told them, I said, there's only two teams I want to play for. Uh one is the Chicago Cubs, first and foremost, and then the Atlanta Braves. And I told him why the Cubs, uh, daytime baseball, uh, huge uh, national following, and it was a grass surface still in the National League. And they still had the nucleus of the team that had won it in 84. So he said, okay, he said, um, we'll go out to Arizona. They were in spring training. We'll go out to Arizona first. Atlanta was my second choice. They were in West Palm Beach. So we go out to Arizona, and we were standing outside of um, the fenced area uh, that was leading up to the offices. And, of course, the media saw me standing there, and they didn't have a clue as to what was going on because I was unsigned, but I was present at uh, Cub Spring Training. So everyone, as they tried to approach us, we immediately – you know, went in to meet with Dallas Green at the time. And Dallas, uh, I opened up uh, the meeting by saying, Mr. Green, I'd like to give you a contract to look over. I want to come and play for the Cubs organization. I'm not here to negotiate with you. Uh, I will let you evaluate it. You let your legal team look over it and just fill in the blanks, pay me what you think I'm worth. And he didn't know what to make of it. He said, uh, Mr. Dawson, I appreciate it, but I have young players that I need to give a look and an opportunity to make the team this spring. I said, that's 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 fair. It's well enough. I I, I just want you to know I'm going to leave it on the table for 24 hours, and then I'm going to go do the same thing uh, with the Atlanta Braves. So I fly back home, and the next day I get a telephone call, and it's, it's Dallas Green. He said, we, we've looked at your proposal. And the best offer that we can make is is five hundred thousand dollars, which was five hundred thousand less than what Montreal was offering. And I said, Dallas. I said, Well, I didn't say Dallas. I said, Mr. Green. I said, Well, thank you very much. I'll accept your offer. He got quiet. I didn't really hear anything for about about twenty seconds. I thought I lost the call. <laughs> and I said hello, and he said, I'm here. Can I call you back uh, in about an hour? And I said, I'll I'll wait around for your call. And at that point, I knew what he had to do because he, he wasn't supposed to make me an offer. And the offer was for me to, to decline, refuse. And he said, thank you. Um, we've uh, evaluated everything. And uh, we're glad to have you uh, as a Chicago Cub. I know you was just here. Take your time. And I said, no, I, I can, you know, be on a plane tomorrow. And, you know, our spring training is – already off the ground and I'm, I'm ready to get out and get some work in. That's how I became a Chicago cup. And, uh, 162 games later, hall of fame. I mean, um, MVP. MVP season, literally. I mean, I remember that season, like everybody else does, uh, it was just remarkable from the beginning to the end. And, uh, you know, I always say Harry Carey was one of, uh, reasons why club farm exists today. I know. I, I just remember the, all those home runs calls he made this year. Uh, talk. I, I, the reason why I ask you is out of really because 
Harry Carey is my favorite player, but t- tell me what you know you thought of Harry, Harry, uh, him announcing all your home runs going out of the park. He just made Wrigley feel so amazing, and he called some amazing Andre Dawson home runs, man. Yeah, he, Harry was the greatest. Uh, we kind of considered him to be the Pied Piper, and we looked forward to him going on the bus with us, uh, the airplane that is, and then taking the bus to the hotel because uh, the fans uh, we encountered on road trips. Harris sat at the very front when he got off. Everybody would flock to him, and that gave us an out to run straight to the door <laughs> and and you know get get our keys and get up to our rooms. But um, you know he was he was fantastic. He he would get into the Budweiser or whatever it was he was drinking up there, you know, on occasions and maybe hit it a little bit too hard. He was he was fun to listen to because sometimes you didn't really know what what might come out. It's probably a good thing he didn't have your whiskey on board during those days. Uh, no, he wouldn't have made a nine innings with that. My it's not a whiskey for all nine innings, like Club 400 Lager. I know next year, I was thinking about it today, actually, and that, you know, next year is uh, obviously the anniversary of the 1984 Cubs, 40 years, and uh, our good friend Lou Sella, who's done all the statues at Wrigley Field, is now working on a Ryan Sandberg statue. But in my opinion, I, uh, I think the next statue after Ryan Sandberg should be this guy right here, Andre Dawson. Because I mean, he definitely, he definitely deserves one. And uh, are you breaking news or? No, I, I would. Oh. I'm just. I'm proposing it right now, Cub fans. We need an Andre Dawson statue outside Wrigley Field. Without Andre Dawson, I mean, it's. Kind of empty over there. I mean, we all those great guys over there. I'm so happy Ryan's got one. Of course, so, I mean, I know you're great friends with Lee Smith. He's great friends at Club 400. And uh, obviously, uh, Billy Williams and uh, Fergie. Yeah, Fergie uh, great friends with Fergie. But, yeah, Andre Dawson needs a statue out in Wrigley Field. I'm hoping uh, he's on deck really soon. huh? <laughs> we'll have to give Lou a call. I invited Tom Ricketts here, but I don't know if he's going to show up, but uh, we'll, we'll put it in his ear for sure. <laughs> so, Andre, like, tell us what it means. Like, obviously, you, uh, you're on the Hall of Fame, and now you work for the Cubs as an ambassador, and you come to Wrigley Field uh, throughout the season and to represent the Cubs. Tell us how much that means to you, to, you know, that you're a part of the Cubs community. And, uh, I mean, Cub fans obviously love you, but, but you know, you're part of the lore of Wrigley Field. You really are. How's that, how, how's that make you feel? I mean, obviously, you know, you're, you have your number uh, retired by the Chicago Cubs and uh, so many great things. But t- tell us how it feels to come back and just be part of Wrigley Field. Well, you know, there's a huge passion I think between me and especially the fans that were in right field. And I would go as far as to say uh, Chicago fans, period. Uh, Chicago kind of, you know, rejuvenated me the second half of my career. It in the end was where I really wanted to be and to actually have that happen and to be able to play here for the six years that I did. I was, I was, you know, ever grateful for that opportunity. And I always looked at, myself as being a cub lifer played 10 years in montreal but there really was no comparison uh playing across the border as to playing here in the states yeah i had some some good years there but i just had a different feel and love for the game when i got the opportunity to play here and of course when i retired i i worked for a different organization well, the organization that I retired for for 15 years, but I would always follow the Cubs from a distance. And when the opportunity presented itself for me to return 
to the organization. I was, you know, I was happy as a kid in a candy store. But I, um, you know, I look at uh, my career. I, you know, probably would have been done 15 years playing in Montreal, maybe sh uh, even shorter than that because of the AstroTurf. But uh, playing on a natural playing surface, again, allowed me to play another 10 years. And that would have never happened uh, had I not came to Chicago. Well, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, like I said, uh, it's, the, the story's not over until we get a statue outside the Rivie Field. And uh, I'm so honored and proud. I wanna, We're going to take a couple, two quick questions, and we're going to move on from Steve Rogers from Cooperstown Distillery. But we do have 25 people that came here tonight who actually are taking home a bottle of Andre Dawson's brand-new Cooperstown Select Distillery Bourbon. So is, do anybody have a couple questions? A qu question. Uh, we got a question over here. we got to take Crowley's question, number one. Go ahead, Crowley. This is always a dream of mine, Steve, and I've talked to you, Andre, about this. But uh, a lot of people don't realize when Eric Shaw hits you with that bean ball, who was the starting pitcher that day, and what ended up happening to him after the whole Shaw incident occurred? Greg Maddox uh, was the starting pitcher for us, for the Cubs. Uh, Shaw started for uh, the Padres. I hit a home run off of him my first at bat. I hit two home runs the day before off Mark Grant. Uh, I hit two home runs off Mark Grant uh, weekend prior in San Diego. So uh, they were struggling to try to get me out, not alone keep me in the ballpark. And when it happened, uh, you know, I understand, you know, you got to try to make it uncomfortable for a hit in the batter's box. But Shaw was a sinker ball pitcher, and a sinker ball pitchers don't pitch up in the strike zone. That ball usually rides in at the lower half of the strike zone. And uh, when I think about it, Larry Boer made a comment uh, that morning in the paper, and that was that his pitching staff needed to back me off the plate. And I didn't really think much of it. But when I, uh, when I was being, I, I felt that it was a purpose pitch. It may have gotten away from him, but I, th I thought it uh, was to send a message. Uh, but you know, in thinking, you don't really want that to occur because when you throw up and in and it's near someone's head, then you're messing not only with their livelihood, but their life. And uh, it could have been a lot worse than it, than it turned out. Uh, fortunately, uh, I, you know, was able to, they didn't want me to play uh, for uh, about a week or so, but I convinced them after three days, I'm ready to go. And they, you know, allowed me the opportunity to get back out on the field. But, you know, that, that incident was uh, one of those gray areas of your career. I got hit in the head three times, and that's, that's a sound that you never forget. Um, and all it is is just like a, a loud, a sonic boom. You, you feel the impact, but, you know, you don't uh, feel uh, the pain from it because a lot of times you're kind of semi out of it if you're not knocked out. So I, uh, I remember that incident very well. And, you know, the good thing is, uh, you know, you have the support of your team as everyone knows what's going on. They know what the situation is and why uh, certain things happen. Um, it may be circumstantial, but then again, the, the players know uh, when, when things uh, happen and they happen for whatever reason. 
So every 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 one of my teammates, you know, had my back. It was good that Rick Sutcliffe came out. I always kid him that he came out and I saw him wrestling on the mound, uh, standing up with Eric Shower. As big as you are, you could have threw some haymakers, but you know, that didn't that didn't happen. That's not what you really want to see. But uh, you know, I uh I look back, that was just again one of those uh moments in my career when hey, you just you know, you you want to make sure that uh, you don't have any repercussions of that. I'm on top of the plate hitter, and that's not going to change my approach in any way. And once I was inserted back into the lineup, you know, I was ready to go at it again. My understanding was Maddox was pitcher about the next hitter. He gets sent back to Iowa, is that correct? Maddox, unfortunately, uh, he, yes, he got sent back. Um and I, you know, I kind of frowned on that because uh, he's just, you know, looking out for his teammate. And uh, that's what you do in the game. And he was told uh, that if he had an opportunity to pitch longer and perhaps get a win, and that may have been a difference in him staying in the big leagues. But, you know, because we were in, I think, the third, fourth inning, uh, he was tossed from the game, and as a result, he was sent back to the minor leagues. And it wasn't long that he was in the minor leagues because he was right back. And, uh, well, we know what happened from there. He turned back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, a question? Andre, question. So we all know what they ate, 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 you know, obviously, when you were in Montreal, you played a lot of day games at Ridley Field. But um, what was that like? And then how did you guys mentally prepare for the Nets? I knowing that the game got canceled. And how, how did you, with all the energy and all that, how were you able to kind of mentally prepare for the Nets game? And say, hey, this is it. It was a little odd and different initially, even though we practiced under the lights before we actually played the first game. And uh, for me in right field, uh, the ball seemed to, if it get above the lights, uh, you could lose it briefly. Uh, so it was a little bit different. It was a different adjustment. But we looked forward to it. Uh, there was so much hype surrounding uh, the first game, the first night game, per se, in regular field. We got rained out. Probably a good thing because we were losing that game. Uh <laughs> Uh, but, you know, from there, it was just a matter of, uh, you know, continuing to, to get those opportunities to play the night games and get accustomed to making the adjustment. Are you looking for that perfect piece to be the focal point of your fan cave or something that will light up your office? Fly the Wood Designs creates unique custom made to order lighted wood pieces to highlight your favorite team, company logo or whatever you're looking for. One client said they took my logo and made it better. Easily work with them and create exactly what you envision or give them artistic freedom to create something incredible. Many of these attention-grabbing pieces are displayed in spaces of Cubs players, businesses, and corporate offices. Find Fly the Wood Designs on social at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also contact the wood artist, Bill Watts, at woodflags1 at gmail.com. Fly the Wood. Fan cave, bar, and home decor. That was necessary. 
I want to thank uh, Mark Chillers from Pro Promotions, man. He's uh, he's unbelievable. He's the guy for brought Andre out tonight, and he, one of the nicest guys I've met in the industry. Uh, and uh, thank you, Mark, for bringing him out tonight. And uh, I want to give it up real quick. Everybody, give it up for your Hall of Famer, one of the best Cubs outfielders of all times, Andre Dawson. I will say this. Club 400 family for sure. <laughs> and I want to bring on Steve Rogers from Cooperstown Distillery, straight from Cooperstown. We all love Cooperstown. Um, I'm going to borrow your microphone there and uh, tell us a little bit about Cooperstown Distillery and uh, how you guys decided to work with Andre on this bourbon. Well, first of all, thank you, Stu, for having me here. I greatly appreciate it. And Andre, thank you for being a great partner. We are proud to. Uh, be your provider of this elite straight bourbon whiskey that we have here. Um, it is absolutely amazing, as I'm sure lots of people here can attest to, because just about everybody's tried it. So, uh, so thank you very much. So, you know, Cooperstown Distillery, as every uh, Cubs fan recognizes, is at the Baseball Hall of Fame, right? Cooperstown, New York. So, owing to that tradition of excellence that we have in Cooperstown, we were looking, we wanted to have an ambassador that would be representing what baseball really stands for because what we stand for is the tradition of excellence and who better than Andre Dawson to be our ambassador and have this elite Cooperstown Select Straight Bourbon. So that's how it all got started. And we are so proud to you know, be a partner with Andre. And you know, it's, it's an amazing adventure for us. So is this the first time you partnered with a baseball player for a bourbon before? Or? It is, okay. yes. Uh, Andre is our lone baseball partner. Um, and, you know, we do have some partners in football and in football in particular, but Andre is our only partner in baseball. So when you guys decided to come up with an Andre Dawson bourbon, uh, what, what were you trying to – I mean, there's so many bourbons out there, so many great bourbons. What were you trying to capture in your bourbon to represent Andre? So just the the essence and the tradition of excellence with Andre, you know, being a Hall of Famer, us being located in the Baseball Hall of Fame. And, and by the way, if you're ever up in the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, please stop by. We'll roll out the red carpet for you. It is an amazing experience in, in Cooperstown. So we wanted to actually have, you know, a distillate, a whiskey, a bourbon that would exemplify the excellence that Andre had on the field. And we think we've come, we think we've hit the mark with this one. Yeah. And you guys sold out of the first batch already, right? We have. And, you know, I, I would say thank you to Dwayne, our partner with Intertrade here in Chicago for making that happen. Thank you, Dwayne, who is also here. And, you know, we're looking forward to making a little bit more as well. That's going to be a little, it's the best kept secret in town. We're going to make a little bit more. Yeah. So yeah, everybody here is getting the first batch and, uh, as you guys know, bourbon only gets better with time. And I know this is uh, designed for that also, correct? That is correct. And this is a very, very unique bourbon. It is one of the only bourbons on the market that is has oats in its mash bill. So those oats make it thick and creamy and viscous and really able to carry off its 100 proof in a smooth fashion, as I hope folks can att attest to. And if you haven't tried it yet, please come see me in a little bit and let's take care of that. 
So at your distillery, you guys focus on bourbons only, or do you guys do other types of liquors too? No, actually, at our distillery, we do about everything other than tequila. You know, not a lot of tequila in upstate New York, right? So, you know, we focus on the brown spirits with whiskey, rye, bourbon, and American single malt. But we also have, you know, a pretty good market of rum, gin, and vodka in New York in particular. If, you, if you're a Cubs fan and you're in Chicago, is there any way to buy this uh, Cooperstown distillery or is it being sold out here in any, any way or no? Is it yes. So uh, Intertrade is, you know, one of our newest partners here in Chicagoland. We've only been a partner for a couple of months. So it takes a little bit of time to actually see us on the shelf. But Intertrade's working very hard on that. And I know that you can find some of our baseball bourbon. It is not the same bourbon in the Andre Dawson bottle, but you can find some of our baseballs in places like Benny's uh, and others. But I think, as you know, probably Dwayne would attest to, give us a couple more months and we'll have widespread distribution in uh, Chicagoland. I know right now uh, our listeners uh, located in Crystal Lake, Illinois, you can go to Garfield's. Uh, located on Route 14. I know they have some bottles over there. That's where we picked ours up at. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Cooperstown Distillery, that's definitely a, a location I'm going to visit. How long have you guys been there for now? So we have been in business now for 10 years. 10 years, okay. Yeah. So you were there when I was there with Ron Sano yeah, back in the day. Come yeah. on, seeing us. What happened? Well, maybe I, that was 2013. Well, you're going to have to make a yeah. you know, repeat yeah. visit up there. I I'm going to come up there for sure, yeah. <laughs> so anyways, uh, anything else you want to add that you want people to know about the distillery there in Cooperstown? Yeah, just that we do things the traditional way, like baseball itself, um, you know, owing to that tradition of excellence. We don't cut any corners and anything that we do. It is truly handcrafted, small batch, artisanal, very unique. Um, all of our grains on our Cooperstown Select Series are locally sourced. Our barrels are locally sourced. It is truly what we call a a grain to glass story. And I think it shines through when you taste it and experience the product itself. And we're going to be drinking a whole lot over here tonight. Once again, thank you, Steve Rogers. We're going to show you guys a video that everybody that came tonight from Cooperstown Distillery. You can see what it, that it's a remarkable place. It looks beautiful. Well, thank you, Steve. Yeah, and thank you very uh, much. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I want to let all our podcast listeners know our next podcast will be uh, Joe Madden podcast live from our party on August 17th, where we raised $75,000 for Special Olympics. And then right after that, we're going to release our Sean Dunstan podcast. And we are working on our Christmas party. So if we if we plan our Christmas party, we'll be coming out with a podcast very soon after that. But for now, we're going to take a little break. But like I said, man, I tell you what, I put blood, sweat and tears in this charity and I put blood, sweat and tears in this condo. And to see it come to life tonight for the very first time means a lot to me. And it even means more to me than that. My good friend Mark Childers came out here and brought one of my favorite players from all time of all time uh i mean i think uh, when i think of andre dawson i i think of just uh, respect and uh just respect for the game and just an unbelievable person right here and i'm just so proud that he was the first guy to come here 
to Club 400 for our first event. Thank you so much, Andre. Thank you guys for coming out. And we're going to have a good time. The party's not over. The Cubs got some brewer ass to kick, and we got some chicken wings to eat and some pizza to eat. Love you guys. Thanks for listening to the Club 400 podcast. When you go to Cooperstown, make sure you visit Steve at Cooperstown Distillery. William, I love you, Andre. We're out. Have a great night, everybody. <laughs>